All right, uh, welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. We got a special guest on the show today. Um, music artist, Obsolete. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How you doing today? We're doing all right, man. So good, for anybody good. that ain't never heard his music before, I'm going to play one of his songs real quick. Fuck this before Christmas, the year was 88. Everyone gets around, wishes you wasn't late. Now just move it slow, hoping we get together. I'm stuck in traffic roads, bad due to the weather. See up in months back, they made a bad decision. They did the crime, but now you'll be the prison. Guess what they had in mind? Happily ever wrapped. It rented the minute on the rest, the doctor had to slap you. Cause he was king shit. Sat on the bias one, she was the queen bitch. Heart made of snow, but never big dreams. In the grand plans, so I can window when the doc puts you in their hands. Harsh reality, pride and ego, they had to swallow. So that baby wasn't the only one with five. When it's born, grandma said he think it's from above. Got the proof on his head, it had to up in God's love. To them, it was the devil, I know the piece of shit. But the first couple years, look, they tried faking money. It was real easy, this thing was far from home. Six months of darkness in a completely different zone. Born in Alaska, but he's no Eskimo. Use from New York, how'd you think this would go? I'll cast it from the one and wonder why it's so with rage. Cause he's a rock hole in a hamster wheel stuck in a red cake. Yeah, I like that, man. <laughs> it's a good uh good introduction to who I am as a person, man. It's kind of just a little backdrop of, you know, when I was brought into the world in 88 and kind of a little bit of my backstory, you know, kind of gives people a good feel of who I am and, and what I do with this music, so. Okay. So we'll start from the beginning, man, and work our way up to what you got going on right now, man. So first off, uh, tell the people where you're from and uh, how old are you? So I spent most of my life in Kentucky. I'm currently in West Plains, Missouri. Uh, I'll be 34 in December. Uh, I've been doing music for about 14 years now. Uh, two, two and a half years is obsolete. Uh, prior to that, I was part of a two-man group. Uh, I went by the name of Two-Face back then. I uh, was part of a little group called It's Going Down, me and a guy, Jay Money. Uh, we did that for a while, kind of ran Hoptown, Kentucky for a little bit, mixtapes, doing shows, just kind of, you know, out in the streets, doing everything we could with the mixtapes and things like that. And then uh, him and I kind of fell off years down the road and kind of took a break from music for a little while and, you know, kind of realized that it's not what I do, but kind of who I am and kind of decided I, if I was going to do it again, I wanted to do it my way and, and rebrand, rebuild and kind of start from square one. So that's kind of how I got the obsolete and kind of how I got where I'm at now. Okay. So uh, what's the first thing that come to your mind when you hear your hometown? Man, it, not so much the hometown, just the state of Kentucky, man. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of, not so much now, but for years, I saw a lot of uh, competition. Like, everybody was in competition. You know, nobody wanted to support. Nobody wanted to, you know, everybody had to be better than each other, which now it's gotten a lot better. Um, but when I think of my hometown, man, I really just think small. Like, it's not a real small town, but it has that real small town feel, like a lot of old money and, you know, a lot of, you know, they want to keep it a small town, even though it's right next to a military base and has grown quite quite big in size over the last couple of years. So that's what I think of when I think of my hometown. Okay. 
So for anybody that hasn't been to your hometown, man, kind of describe how it was growing up when you was a kid slash teenager and some of the struggles you had to go through as a kid. Uh, still a lot of the same things go on now, man. There wasn't a whole lot for us to do as teenagers. So we was usually hanging out in the mall parking lot or going to the skating rink on the weekends. They used to do like local bands and local shows at the skating rink and a couple little different places around town. So we'd usually wind up doing that or just running the streets all the time, riding bikes and skateboarding and just acting crazy teenagers, man, never had much to do. So we really kind of just always found stuff to get into and, and stayed running around doing stuff. Okay. So uh, did you have a two-parent household? I did have a two-parent household. Uh, as people kind of noticed with my music, I'm not close with my parents, wasn't real close with them growing up, uh, and actually haven't spoken to them in quite some years now. Uh, you know, I, that's one of the things I preach with my music, man. You know, family isn't always the people that, you know, are related to you by blood. Sometimes family is the people you bring around you and you know, toxic is toxic. It doesn't matter if it's your mom, dad, you know, aunt, uncle, whatever. If they're not good for you and not good for your mental health, you know, sometimes you just got to step away. Okay. Yeah, I can feel that. So uh, you got any siblings? Uh, I got a brother and sister. Uh, I haven't spoken to them either. Uh, it was a long, crazy story, man. Uh, it was it was some years of stuff that finally came to a head that really kind of all, uh, you know, let it all come to fruition, so to speak. I was about 27 when it happened. Uh, the last words I spoke to my mom outside of the courtroom was I needed to change my last name. I wasn't part of her family. Uh, and my response to that was pretty much, you know, it took you 27 years to admit what I kind of knew my whole life. Uh, so, you know, after all of that, that was kind of the nail in the coffin for me to just kind of walk away. Uh, and then some things you know, followed after that, that only added to that when I really just kind of completely cut them out of my life. And honestly, I've been a lot better for it. Sadly, I know that's, you know, a lot of people are like, man, that kind of sucks. But in reality, I'm grateful for it because it's made me the man I am now. You know, it's made me the parent that I am. It's made me the person I am. So I'm not sad that I had to go through it, you know, and, and I try to tell people all the time it's it's growing experiences. Okay. So um, as far as um, when you was younger, man, as a kid, man, what type of activities you was into as a kid? Like, did you play sports or anything like that? When I was real little, uh, I lived with my grandmother for about four years. Uh, and when I lived with her, I was playing football. Uh, I wrestled for the middle school. Uh, I did soccer, like, in the fall to kind of stay in shape for football. I uh, was pretty into football for a while uh, and then moved back in with my parents about 14 and just kind of gave it all up. I'm not really sure why I think it was more of a stubborn, you know, kind of way of getting back, I guess. I mean, it was something I was good at, but I really just kind of, when I moved back in with my family, didn't really care much about school no more. Just kind of fell in with the crowd and just kind of went through the motions. Okay. So um, as far as your family and uh, just people close to you in general, friends, things like that, uh, did you have anybody – um, that you were personally involved in a music business growing up? Uh, no, really. I think music was just always, you know, even when I lived with my grandmother and even as a young kid, I always remembered music was what I always went to. When I lived with my grandmother, uh, I was in church. She had me singing in church choir and church competitions and stuff. And that was when I really first started, I guess, getting involved with music. Um, and then as I got older, I was one of those, you know, everywhere I went, you saw me with headphones on my head or headphones around my neck or, you know, we're hanging out with the buddies and there's music going. And through that, I slowly started writing poetry and kind of, you know, 
that was my way of venting. You know, music was kind of my outlet. You know, I didn't talk to a whole lot of people about what went on with my home life and all of that stuff. So music was kind of my escape. So it slowly, I think, just kind of all incorporated later on in life. Okay. So uh, as far as growing up, man, who was your uh, music artist that you looked up to, man? Who you like listening to? The first rap, like I was raised on country in like 80s and 90s rock. Uh, the first rap record I actually heard when I was a kid, I was probably 10 or 11. My aunt introduced me and it was uh, Notorious Thugs by Bone Thugs and Harmony and Notorious B.I.G. And through that, I slowly fell into DMX and started listening to more Bone Thugs, more Notorious B.I.G., Little Kim's. Uh, then, of course, Eminem, you know, was kind of coming along around that time, too. So, of course, that fell in. Um, and then I just really dove into everything I could at that point because hip hop and rap was so new to me. I mean, it was almost like a kid in a foreign land. I feel like, you know, I was so used to country and, you know, rock and roll. And now there's this hip hop and I just I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, so I'd say probably DMX was a real big influence when I was young uh, and, and Bone Thugs for sure. And then, like I said, Eminem kind of came later on. OK, uh, where where did you get your rap name from? So obsolete, when I decided to rebrand and rebuild, I kind of sat down and kind of thought of who I was as a person and who I kind of wanted to be like, I treat this, I, I hate calling it an alter ego, but kind of like wrestlers do, you know, like the Undertaker did for so long, you know, he played a character and never really broke that character and you knew who he was, you know, that character. So I kind of wanted to incorporate me as a person into an alter ego uh, so obsolete comes from a combination of things, really the definition of itself. That's kind of how I felt my entire life. I kind of felt like I was just obsolete. You know, I was kind of there, but wasn't there. Um, and it really kind of drove home. Jeff Hardy's got a song with his band Peroxygen called Obsolete. Um, and, you know, one day that was a song I'd really liked prior to, you know, deciding to rebrand and everything. And something about that song just kind of came into my head. From there, I was like, well, I don't want to spell it like that. So I kind of started playing with different spellings and things and came up with the way I have it spelled now. And it just, it kind of stuck. You know, I had a couple different ideas for names, but none of them just seemed to fit, you know, what I was looking for. So that's how I wound up with Obsolete. Okay. So uh, take us back, man. The first time you ever went in a recording studio and recorded a song, man, uh, uh, just kind of describe that time and did you was it easy for you to pick up when you first recorded a song or was it kind of rough at first uh at first it was it was kind of rough I'd say um I went I wound up meeting the guy I used to do music with as part of a group uh I went to school with his brother uh, and I used to fool around freestyling you know just kind of fucking off and he was like man you know I gotta meet introduce my brother he's got a studio you know y'all would kill some stuff so we went over one day and He's in the studio and he's messing around on his keyboard. And of course, you know, he's like, man, I know you've seen Hustle and Flow, right? And I was like, of course. He's like, watch this. And he turns around and he starts playing Whoop That Trick on the keyboard. So, of course, naturally, everybody starts a crazy freestyle session. You know, we're all kind of doing the thing. And he's like, man, you know, let's work on a song. So we wound up writing a song. It was called uh, Hop Town, actually. It was just kind of like a anthem talking about us and our city. And it took me a minute to write the verse and kind of get the feel of the beat and getting in front of that microphone was intimidating. I won't lie. Like, but at the same time, it felt like I was supposed to be there too. So it was like, a all these feelings at once. And then from there, it just, I ran with it, man. It was, it was like a, a high I'd never had before. And, you know, like I said, it almost felt like home. So from that stemmed, God, him and I did, I think two or three mixtapes, uh, 
couple different singles, couple different shows. Like it just, it, it I, I didn't, I loved football growing up as a kid and really always thought I'd do something with football until I started doing music. And then I realized, you know, music is probably what I was supposed to be doing. Okay. So as far as your recording process, man, are you more of a writer or a freestyler? Uh, I like to write. Uh, freestyling's fun. Like, I like to do that. You know, occasionally I might record a freestyle, but to me, I like to freestyle and just kind of when I'm riding in the car, you know, maybe kicking it with a couple homies and stuff. Uh, I don't discredit anybody that likes to freestyle, and that's their, you know, main means of doing this. Uh, anybody that can do it like that, I got to give credit to because it is not easy, especially staying on topic and on a beat. Uh, but yeah, I like to write, man. And I'm, I'm usually a big, uh, my biggest hypocrite, man. I'll sit there and I'll write stuff and, you know, it could be the greatest thing I probably ever wrote and I'll throw it away and, and not like it. Or, you know, I, I nitpick the, the smallest things. And that's something I've gotten better with here lately too, is just more so, you know, making music I love and not trying to necessarily make that one hit. You know, everybody wants to have that one hit. Like, yeah, I mean, that'd be great. But to me, music has been my outlet. Music is my means to express myself. So I try to always keep that in the back of my mind when I'm making it that, you know, not everyone's going to be that one or not everybody's going to like everything I do, but there's going to be those people that do and there's going to be the people that don't. Okay. So as far as um, music in general, like, um, when did you really get the confidence to know that you really could pursue the music? Honestly, man, I did it for, like I said, almost 11 years as part of a group. Uh, and him and I never really got real serious with it. I mean, the first mixtape we did, we sold quite a few of them in our hometown. And we did a couple of shows and stuff, like I said, but we never really pursued it. That was that time when, you know, SoundCloud was becoming a big thing and Reverb Nation and all of that. And we were still learning all that because, you know, I'm 34, like I said, so I'm still kind of old school as far as the technology. So we didn't know much about it then. And then really when I started as obsolete and decided I was going to do this and put more energy and time effort into it, that was when I really, really started getting serious. Okay. So right now you're independent artist, right? Yes, sir. I am signed uh, to a label out of Canada, Enigmatic Records, their underground record label. Uh, some guys I met uh, about a year ago. Uh, big, big community of guys. We've got artists everywhere. Uh, you know, I'm basically a, a free agent, but at the same time, you know, I rep for my guys and we all work together on things and they, they help me out with a lot of marketing and, uh, you know, engineering and things like that on the back end. And, you know, I do a lot of promotion and stuff for them too. So it's like a mutually beneficial, uh, partnership, so to speak. Oh, is it like a distribution deal of sort? basically yeah uh, I, I do use like distro kit and stuff like i'm free to upload on my own and do whatever i want to i get 100 percent of all my th like they don't take any cuts or anything like that it's just uh the, my buddy aaron that kind of runs the label reached out to me after a online show i did um and he was like you know i'm sure you get a bunch of these you know spam trying to sign you etc cetera, etc cetera. he's like you know that's not what we're about i'd love to just talk to you for a little while and you know get your opinion and see where you're at and after about 10 minutes of talking to the dude, I kind of knew I was going to rock with him just because I really like, you know, what they're, what they're about and really just, you know, bringing a community together, man, of people who make music and we all do what we love. And at the same time building together, you know, because there's strength in numbers, especially in this music industry, man, like you, you get a lot of people that, you know, we've got guys that are in the UK, we've got guys in Amsterdam, we've got, 
you know, people everywhere all over the world that, you know, are, are that's we're able to access and network with and work beside, you know, and that opens up doors and opportunities that, you know, you wouldn't have every day. Okay. Well, would you, would you sign to a major that if it made sense? Uh, if it made sense. And honestly, really my big thing about signing to a major would be, keeping my master's to a degree simply because, you know, that's another reason I do my music is I want to leave a legacy for my kids. I want to leave something behind for my kids, you know, because that we, we, once you have kids, you know, you realize that everything we do is entirely for them. So to me, I wouldn't want to go sign my life away and, and give everybody all my stuff. And then at the end of the day, just be as broke as I am right now, you know, and not have nothing to show for it. <laughs> okay. I, I can feel that. So as far as uh, when you initially first started dropping music and start uh, building a buzz, and you, um, how was the city embracing you? Like um, when you when people knew that you was taking the music serious and you start putting out music consistently. Honestly, man, it was a kind of a sigh of relief. I wasn't sure because uh, so many people were so used to seeing me as part of a group. I wasn't really sure how well I'd be able to do on my own. Um, and it really took a buddy of mine, Be Good, up in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he's been a guy that's been rocking with me for years. Back when I was Two-Faced, he had been trying to get me to come up in Louisville and do some shows. Uh, and he reached out to me once I moved back to Kentucky and was doing my thing as obsolete. He's like, man, you know, doing a masked up show again. Would love for you to come through, you know, like always. And I finally was like, you know what? It's time. You know, I, I, I ain't done a show yet as obsolete. I'd done an open mic couple weeks before that one and you know kind of got the rust off i guess but it was it was time to do so so i really you know he reached out and i went up and did a show up there and just the love i received in that city man like i'm almost eight hours away from louisville kentucky now and i would hitchhike to go do a show up there tomorrow if they had one for me like i'll go back there even you know if i was to blow up tomorrow i'd still go back and do shows at that venue just because the amount of love i received there it was it was crazy man and then through that, I started doing shows in Nashville and the same thing, you know, because I tell everybody all the time, I don't, I never wanted to be the the point guard, the number one, you know, the LeBron James, the Mike Jordan, you know, I'm cool with being the number two, the number three guy. I love making music and I also love watching everybody around me, you know, succeed and chase their dreams and things like that. So when I go do these shows, yeah, I go perform and I go do my thing, but I'm also in the crowd hyping people up and, and, you know, acting crazy and trying to get everybody else hyped too, because I love this music as a whole. So I think that in turn was why everybody showed me a lot of love everywhere I went, because I was always, you know, making sure to give it back to everybody because this music business is it's a hard industry, man. And it's a lot of, a lot of people that's going to hate on you and, and, you know, want to throw shade and, you know, I always try to look on the positive side of that. And, you know, there's a lot of good people out here that, you know, want to support each other and, and really do this because it's what we love to do. Okay. Yeah, I can feel that. So compare the music scene in your hometown versus where you at right now. Like do a lot of artists collab and work with each other? Uh, where I'm at now, West Plains, is it's a little different, not a big hip hop market. Um, but there's a place I go to about an hour down the road, Hartville, Missouri. Uh, they actually just brought out Afro Man for the second time this year. I went and had brunch with him last weekend. Uh, pretty dope, man. Good times. It's a big 16-acre farm. They got a what they call a source. It's like a part zebra and horse. Anyway, it's a cool little spot. But uh, yeah, man, it's there's guys out there from rock bands to some bluegrass and you know everything in between. And we all go out there and do shows. And 
are constantly networking and working with each other to try to, you know, bring other opportunities and, and help each other out. And, and like I said, Kentucky's gotten a lot better. Louisville, that's another reason I love up there. There's a lot of guys up there that are really trying to bring the scene, you know, as a whole and get rid of the, the hate and the animosity and just really come together as a community because, you know, that's the only way anybody really wins. You know, we all got to, got to work together to eat together, you know, and not eat off of each other. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that want to eat off of each other and, you know, try to make their, make their name off the back of somebody else. But at the end of the day, you get enough, enough like-minded people to want it bad enough, you know, and now all of a sudden everybody starts paying attention. Okay. So um, as far as artists that you work with so far, like kind of list some of the artists that you work with so far, and also uh, list some artists that you want to work with in the future. So, uh, like mainstream guys, I've got a couple records with Chris Calico. Uh, thanks to Wishmaster, did a little beat combo uh, earlier this year with some beats of his, with some Chris Calico features, uh, hooks, verses, etc. Um, I've got a song with Capadonna from Wu Tang off of, off of a similar beat pack through Temper Beats earlier this year. Um, I've got a song with Cryptic Wisdom, uh, Darian Saffron, who used to be a strange music. Um, I've got a bunch of songs with guys. I just did a song with my buddy Hybrid, the rapper. He's out of Lexington, Kentucky, uh, Frankfurt area. He's kind of been an OG in, in the Kentucky scene for a long time. Somebody I've, I've respected for a long time. And he actually reached out to me and wanted to do a song with me uh, just earlier this year, which was pretty dope. Uh, my homie Be Good, like I mentioned, I got a record with him. Uh, and then as far as artists, I really really like to work with uh ritz i've got a feature with him coming kind of the same thing anno domination uh did a beat collab pack with a ritz feature that i got uh but i'd like to work with him on a you know different level uh jelly rolls another one uh yellow wolf would probably be a big one joiner lucas i really like joiner uh j cole would be a huge one for me I, I like a lot of the lyrical guys man uh not knocking anything anybody does, but, you know, I like the Jay Coles and the Kendricks and, you know, them storytellers that make you think, you know, listen to the record two or three times and, and see that picture that they paint for you. Okay. Yeah. 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 I like uh, lyricists too, man. So uh, what would you say is your most successful project so far? Uh, my most successful disappear seems to be doing the best as far as uh, my Spotify numbers that I keep up with. Uh, it seems to be a pretty, pretty well over uh, track, you know, all over where it's getting plays and stuff. Uh, that's one of the Chris Calico features that I've got. Um, and that's a more personal, like uh, kind of tapping into my childhood a little bit and, and tapping into, you know, my relationship with my kid's mom and stuff like that as well. Uh, so I think maybe that's why it kind of goes over as well as it does. Uh, my personal favorite record that I've done uh, is probably 86, which is kind of a little more of on the horrorcore side, I guess, like a juggalo style song. Uh, but that was really me. When I dropped that record, I was at a point where I was tired of, I guess, the unnecessary hate, you know, that I, I felt like I was getting a lot of hate for just doing me and, and my style of music, which there isn't really any style I kind of do what I want you know like I said so 86 is really fun for me to perform just because it's kind of a let loose like you know I don't give a fuck attitude so to speak so okay so uh for all your fans out there man kind of explain what you like doing in your spare time when you're not doing music 
when I ain't doing music, man, I'm usually trying to spend time with my kids or, you know, constantly working on marketing, promoting, uh, really learning more about the music business, whether it be working on getting my engineering skills better or getting better with marketing and things like that, uh, or constantly looking for shows. Uh, but really, man, outside of kids and work, that's, you know, music is really all I kind of do. Uh, I've decided that, you know, I mean, I'm not at the point yet where I can't, you know, only do music. I still work a full-time job and, you know, all of that shit, but that's the end game, you know, as, as I'm getting to that point. I've done a lot of shows in the last few years. I've opened for a few big name artists. I'm getting, you know, pretty well respected where I go. So it's kind of just constantly working towards that and getting better for the next day and the day after that. Okay. So do you have a team right now? Do you have like a manager and things like that? Uh, I got my guys in Canada, like I mentioned, Enigmatic. Uh, they help with a lot of my marketing and promotion. Uh, I don't have a manager, none of that. Um, and I just kind of play A&R and my own manager. You know, that's how I've gotten on a lot of shows, by reaching out to venues and just merely asking, you know, you guys need openers. And all they can do is tell me no. And a lot of the times I reach out and a lot of the times I get, you know, usually yeses or, hey, show up. You know, if somebody don't show, we'll slide you in. So really, I've learned to just kind of take it, take it into my own hands because nobody's really going to want this dream, you know, as bad as I do. So at the end of the day, if I'm pushing myself, then I can't blame anybody else, you know, for my failures. If I if I didn't push myself hard enough, you know, that's on me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, what is your short and long term goals as far as your music career? Uh, short term goals. I really, uh, I got an album that I'm finishing. Uh, it'll be my second album that I've dropped in the last year. I dropped the dystopia of an MC, uh, at the end of last year. Uh, this album is going to be dropping right around my birthday, uh, December 20th. It'll be live on all streaming services. I'm going to have physical copies on the 16th at this show that I'm doing for my album release. Uh, long-term goals, man, within the next year and a half, I really want to go on like a little mini tour, go hit some states that I haven't been to yet and hit some cities I haven't been to yet and really just start putting my face out there more and really, you know, getting people to resonate more with my music. Okay. Now I can feel that. So um, upcoming projects for the rest of the year. I know you say you've got the album coming in the beginning of next year. Um, do you have any features coming too? And uh, you got an estimate date for when you're going to drop the album. So the album, uh, I'll have physical copies December 16th. It's called Diaries of a Nomad, Volume 1, Just Incredible. Uh, it's got a, got a couple of those Chris Calico features on it, uh, that hybrid, the rapper feature I was talking about. Um, and then next year, man, I'm really going to start collabing a lot with my guys over at Enigmatic. Uh, my guy Trusk, he's out of the UK. Uh, we got a guy, Pablo, he's from India. Uh, really just start collabing a lot more with my guys over at the label and kind of start working that international angle, man, and uh, really just showing everybody kind of what all we do over there. Okay. So um, how, do, how do you want people to perceive you? Uh, as just a guy that's out here chasing a dream, doing what I love and, you know, trying to set an example for my kids, man, that's really a lot of the driving force behind why I keep doing this is because it is a dream. You know, I know it's everybody has dreams and everybody, you know, if, if it was meant to be easy, most of us wouldn't chase them. But at the end of the day, you know, I grew up as a kid that didn't, you know, I got laughed at when I told my parents my dreams, you know, and now I'm out here chasing them and, and 
you know, living my dreams to a point. And I want my kids, you know, no matter what it is they want to be to see dad and say, you know, dad never gave up even, you know, when the odds were against him and everybody told him he probably should, he never gave up. And at the end of the day, like it all comes back to, like I said, doing everything for these kids, man, and just really trying to set a better example for them than that I had, and, you know, a lot of other people have. Absolutely, bro. So, uh, any closing remarks, um, that, uh, any, um, last words you want to say and, uh, uh, let people know how to uh, find you on social media and things like that. Uh, first and foremost, man, thank you for having me again. I greatly appreciate it. You know, you're doing a great thing out here for artists and everybody, you know, I kind of learned about you through Facebook and kind of checked you out of a couple of your little podcasts and interviews last night. Once I realized I was lining one up with you, man, you're, you're doing a great thing for us guys out here. So thank you for that. Uh, and, any, you know, anybody wants to look me up, it's at obsolete on all socials. It's O-B-S-O-U-L-E-E-T, obsolete. Uh, really, you know, just support your local artists, man. If it's your homies or just people in your town, you know, you see local shows, you might not know nobody. Just pop in, man. Drop that $5 and spend a ticket. You might go see something you like and, and just constantly support, man. That's really all I can say is. You know, a lot of these people don't realize how much blood, sweat, and tears we really put into this. And it means a lot when we see people out there in the crowd, you know, vibing and rocking out with us. Absolutely, man. Whenever you invest a lot of time and money into something that you got a passion for, it always um, hits different when you uh, get people physical because you you know it's different reading a comment or something like that but, yeah but when but when somebody physically telling you that they rock with you like in person like five feet away from you or you could to to yeah energy from far away in the crowd and you that that's when it hit different that's where you get that reassurance to know that yeah like a lot of people uh rocking with me i need to keep doing what i'm doing that's right but yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. And um, anytime you want to come on the podcast, man, uh, you can uh, hit me up. Uh, you know, my Instagram is uh, Eric J the Great. That's what I'm mainly on my Instagram. I check all my stuff, but I'm mainly okay. on Instagram. It's Eric J the Great, and uh, I got a lot of. Uh, uh, appreciate you uh, supporting the podcast too. I got a lot of. Big episodes that's been to drop uh, here soon. I got Shawty Low. About to yeah, I seen that man. That's that's dope, man. I'm happy for you for real. I'm sure you've been grinding doing this for a long time too. So it's nice when you start getting start seeing some of the fruits of that labor. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Man. My <laughs> biggest. I just did my biggest podcast guest uh, three weeks ago. Derez Deshaun. Okay, that's gonna be a good one. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that one drops on uh, November seventh. All right, Ben, I'll be tuning in for that one for sure. But yeah, man, anytime you got something going on with your music career or you got any other, your buddies or something that need to talk about something on a platform, you can tell them to reach out to me on my Instagram, Eric J. The Great. Um, that is definitely, man. Uh, T-H-E, great. And, um, and I check my DMs and stuff every day. So, and, uh, you know, I started this podcast because, you know, I don't just do interviews. I talk about real stuff too as far as, you know, relationships child support things like that 50 50 in relationships that i know people will come across in their everyday lives and uh yeah. I really just started it because i uh think people uh the mental health aspect of life i think is absent and i think a lot of people need to get reassurance to know that people 
go through similar things, whether they're from the same backgrounds or different backgrounds, to get reassurance in their own life and get perspective on things that they're going through. Amen, man. Like, uh, I got a record called Me and My Depression, and that's really uh, that's one of the ones that resonate a lot with people too, man, because like you said, mental health, it, it gets pushed aside a lot, man. Everybody thinks, you know, oh, nobody else knows what's going on or nobody else can relate. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's nice, like you said, <clears throat> having outlets and stuff like that to, to be able to talk about that and people see they're not alone you know because it's it sucks when you feel like you are man and dealing you know with whatever it is you might be dealing with it's nice to know you ain't got to go through it alone yeah man i went through a lot of mental health stuff i used to be in the military i got out the military two years ago and okay. I was in the military for eight years so i uh went through a lot of mental health stuff on deployments and losing people that I was in the service with and things like that. So that's yeah, I can imagine. real heavy on a mental health thing because I had to go to counselors and talk to therapists and get back into a good space mentally so I know how that feel, you know, to be down mentally, you know. That's right. <clears throat> but, yeah, man, this concludes today's episode, man. This episode will drop uh, later on in December. Unless you want to drop it earlier, just let me know. And then, um, and um, you know, just hit me up whenever you want to come back on, bro. All right, man. Will do, man. Have a great rest of your night. And, again, thank you for having me. All right, you too. Peace.